Welcome to AP GoPocast from Whitman Hanson Regional High School in Whitman, Massachusetts. I'm history and government teacher Steve Botello, and joining me every episode are students from our Advanced Placement United States Government and Politics course to share their insights on current political news stories in these turbulent times. Student guests will discuss the facts and sources of these stories, make connections to our curriculum, and most importantly, share their own opinions on the big issues of the day. This is AP GoPocast Season 2, Episode 7, recorded on Wednesday, April 28th, 2021. And joining me today are Lindsay and Avery, and they'll be discussing the vaccine and how we can connect that to our curriculum. Today is April 28th, and we are recording with Avery and Lindsay. Avery, would you like to say hi? Hello. There you go. And Lindsay? Hello. All right. And you ladies are going to be talking to us about the vaccine, and we're going to try to make some connections between the vaccine and what we do in our AP government class, because this has something to do with the government that we will find out soon. So Avery, you'd like to start us off and give us some information and what you two want us to know about the vaccine so far. Yes. So when the vaccine became available in early 2021, um, President Biden's goal was to get 100 million vaccines dispersed throughout the nation before his first two months in presidency were up. And he was pretty successful with this, but it was kind of like madness across the nation as so many different people were trying to get vaccinated, such as teachers, doctors. And I know even within our own school, a lot of the teachers had a lot of trouble getting vaccine appointments, but now it seems to be easing out and even kids in our grade as seniors are getting the vaccine. So I know that a lot of states took different, like um, almost, I don't even know what the word would be for this. Like um, strategies, strategies, there we go, for how they wanted to roll out their vaccine. And um, I know the smaller states had easier times with this because there weren't there wasn't as high of a demand for the vaccine. So like states like Maine, New Hampshire, Alabama, Montana, those states allowed the anyone over the age of 18 to get vaccinated by April 1st. But Massachusetts was one of the last states along with California where people over the age of 18 weren't eligible until April 15th. So it was definitely based on how big of a state you lived in and how high of a demand there was. All right, Lindsay, what do you want to tell us about the COVID vaccine? Yeah, so um, this vaccine has uh, 40% of Americans have received at least one shot and roughly one in four Americans are fully vaccinated. Um, the U.S. has an average of about 63,800 63, new daily infections based on John Hopkins University's data. And 3 million shots per day for two weeks straight were administered. Uh, um, and this was on 
April 21st. So at that point, we had had 3 million shots a day for two weeks straight, which is pretty incredible. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's that's pretty insane. Um, and uh, of those that are 65 and older, more than 80% are partially vaccinated and 65 are fully vaccinated. And our, um, the deaths, the, the death toll uh, per day is around 700 deaths a day, um, which is down from the 3,400 in mid-January. And our total deaths, death toll is over 500,000, 568,400 deaths. Um, to be honest, I think that a lot of states are really doing what they can with these mass vaccination sites from the data that I see. Um, like 3 million shots a day for two weeks isn't an easy thing to do. And I feel like the, the federal government has kind of left it up to the states because it's a big task. And I feel like the states, some of them have really stepped up, like Massachusetts, um, with our mass vaccination sites and everybody just following the rules and staying home when they can. And it, it's just, it's, it's helping out a lot with um, infection rates. And obviously you can't say that the vaccine hasn't impacted anything because in January, we, we, our death rate went down like crazy. So there is impact there, which is pretty cool. All right. So uh, one of the things that we need to do in our conversations in the podcast is try wherever we can to connect this to what we are studying and to try to bring a little bit of information, a little bit of perspective to our fellow community members who may not be as up on this information as we are. And you brought up a couple of interesting points. So I want to bring this around to what we're studying and connect it to uh, the most important F word in our AP government curriculum. Avery, careful. Uh, what F word am I talking about? Federalism. Hey, oh, thank goodness. Uh, so federalism, and Lindsay, you mentioned a minute ago that the federal government is really turning this over to the states. So Avery, I'm gonna bounce this one over to you for a second. If we were going to expect the federal government to really take the lead in vaccinating the American people and to distribute these millions of vaccination doses, what would the federal government have to do in order to take this over and run this entirely by itself? Um, I feel like, first of all, the federal government, instead of using, like, I know a lot of um, states are using like CVS and Walgreens, the federal government would have to like send out their own employees to administer this, which would kind of create almost like a chaos because there's only so many like federal employees that can achieve this. So that would also create craziness. And I feel like they would also have to create specific guidelines where in certain states, they might have a higher demand for certain ages or like um, disabilities than other states would. So I feel like if the federal government said we'll administer 1 million vaccines a day and they divided it up equally between like the certain states, states like Massachusetts have a way higher population than states like Montana or Wyoming. So it almost wouldn't be like a fair share of the vaccine because certain states need the vaccine a lot more than other places do. And you also mentioned earlier that some states are 
or the citizens of those states aren't as interested in being vaccinated as some citizens in other states. So if the federal government were to set a, a guideline that says we're going to send a specific ratio or number of vaccines per citizen to your state, they may go unused in some mm -hmm. states, whereas there may be a, an even higher demand in other states. Yeah. All right. I now, go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think it's also politics is definitely coming into the play of the vaccine rollout as well. Like certain um, Republicans don't believe as much in the vaccine as the liberals do. So like Republican states, there is lower percentages of the amount of people getting vaccinated compared to the Democratic states as well. Definitely, there's an ideological divide going on between our, our fellow citizens. We, we live in very liberal Massachusetts, and I haven't seen too much vaccine resistance here, but there is some. It's it's really interesting to see the political ideology divide on a vaccine. Like, I, I don't know. I just think it's kind of a weird thing to be divided on, but we're divided on almost every issue in this country. So, I mean, but... I don't know. I I I feel like I get I get where conservatives are coming from when they say like, oh, we shouldn't have to have a vaccine to go outside. Yeah, but you have to have a vaccine to go to school for your flu for the flu shot. Like you have to have certain vaccination records. How is this one any different? So I think it's I think it's interesting the the ideological divide on that. I I don't know. I I don't know too much about where it's coming from or how it even started but it's interesting to say the least to, to be fair uh many states including massachusetts have relaxed their vaccine requirements for students to go to school at one point there was going to be a requirement for students to have at least a flu shot to attend school in massachusetts but even that was relaxed so students don't have to have that in Massachusetts. And we consider Massachusetts, again, to be one of the more liberal states, at least its state government is dominated by Democrats. But you folks, we live in a very conservative part of the state and we're surrounded by more conservatives, say, than other parts of Massachusetts. And the result is, I think you're getting a fairly balanced view politically, all things considered, you know, from where you happen to live in the country, you have a lot of very liberal and very conservative folks living in your community. So I think you do get a good, good balance and you get to see those out, those outlooks. I want to draw this also to another way that we connect federalism and what the government does. And, and that is the notion of federal spending and the budget and how the government can get people to do things and how it can how it can create behaviors that it might want. So if President Biden wants more people to be vaccinated, we had a couple of different philosophies of government mandates versus spending and incentives and grant programs. What do you think is what's going on now with the vaccine? Is this the government employing what we would have called earlier in the year the carrot or the stick if the government wants more people to be vaccinated do you think what you're seeing now is more of a government having strict regulation and requirement versus incentive what do you think you see i think i'm seeing more of a carrot and that's just because um 
right now, well, because we've put a lot of regulations in place with the stick that haven't worked, like mask mandates, and people still ignore them. And I think the federal government has figured out, okay, this doesn't work. Let's try an incentive. So to get states to be more cooperative with vaccinations and stuff like that, they're going to provide um, the funding to for these mass vaccination sites and stuff like that and employees for them because they're like, okay, well, this is something we need for life to go back to normal and the economy to, this is going to be good for everybody. Um, and if you don't want to do it, because even, even if we push you, then I guess we'll give you an incentive to do it. I feel like that's kind of where the federal government's coming from, as opposed to like early pandemic with, with all the regulations and stuff and people still were ignoring them. That's, just what I think about it. Go ahead, Avery. Um, I also agree with Lindsay. I feel like it's definitely more of an incentive. I feel like um, at the beginning of this whole pandemic, a lot of people almost didn't believe that it was true and that, oh, we'll just get through this in a few months. But I feel like the federal government rolling out the vaccine is kind of like a hope for a lot of people. They're like, if you get this vaccine and you follow the rules for maybe a few more months, maybe we'll see an end to this. And it's almost kind of a way to get people to cooperate in something that they can also help themselves with. Like, oh, I'll get the vaccine and that will keep me from getting sick. But also maybe if I get the vaccine, it will help end this pandemic as soon as possible. And I've got some questions for you folks about what the the kind of the stick the regulations have been through this pandemic i think it might be helpful for for people who are listening to us to think about this uh it maybe in a different way uh we think about the regulations what regulations avery i'll, I'll start with you what mm -hmm. regulations did you see yourself personally impacted by in this pandemic since last year since last march can you think of any regulations that were enforced upon you? Um, I think definitely like the limit to the number of people you can have like around you, like in your house or anything like that. I know like definitely a lot of like holidays and things got canceled because of COVID and the regulations. We didn't want to be breaking those. And also definitely um, the mask mandate. I feel like that has impacted almost everyone. Like it's a complete change of how we all have lived. And I know like when you look at old videos of like concerts and gatherings, you're like, wow, how, how have that many people ever been together? Because this is the new reality we live and masks have just become almost like an everyday normal thing. Like if you see someone without a mask, it's almost like, oh my gosh. When we think about the mask mandate um, and your the what we said the um, the holiday requirements that you not for social distancing not to to gather too many people around, what kind of penalties were we facing or are we facing if we violate these things, Lindsay? So I don't know about Whitman, but I experienced this in Abington. I didn't get fined, but um, I work at Target. So what we had, Target did not impose a mask mandate, like as an organization, when a lot of stores did, they didn't impose one for 
months until I don't I don't think till July did they actually have an official like you must wear a mask kind of rule. But the the Abington Board of Health did and they would have occasionally not all the time, but occasionally they would have a police officer who would stand outside our store and find people coming in that aren't wearing a mask. And it would be a two hundred dollar fine. And it was insane to see and that's i haven't experienced any penalties like that but i've watched them happen and he'd be out there only for a couple hours and then he'd leave and then like four days later he'd be back and it wasn't an everyday thing but it 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 did happen now when we think about the stores because my wife is a business owner and and i hear from her side of things like say from the target side if the store has too many customers in it that are not following the mandate, then the store could be closed down. So there's a real significant economic incentive for businesses to follow these mandates. But is anybody getting jailed for inviting too many of their family members over? So really what we're looking at here is, again, more incentive maybe by the government. I, I know that we don't like wearing masks, we hate to do it, and some people are very upset about it and they really don't want to and they see it as a, an infringement on their personal freedoms. But when we really get down to it, we call it a mandate. Really, are all of us facing that direct enforcement on a regular basis? You know, if, if you don't wear your mask at school, you get in trouble and you'll face some discipline and and that could be if you want to consider legal trouble we're not going to arrest you throw you in cuffs but we will send you home and there is a, a a consequence that way if you tried to enter a public building without a mask on you could face some consequences in that way and, and now your story lindsay i've never seen that happen so that just because i haven't seen it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen but i think that's probably evidence of how rarely it does happen or did need to happen. And we we responded pretty well as a society to that mandate. And did you see in the news yesterday what Governor Baker is talking about for the end of the, the mask regulation? Did you happen to notice? Yeah, he's talking about on, I think this Friday or next Friday, uh, um, ending the need for masks outside um i i think that's what it was and it, i thought that was pretty interesting because the science behind the the masks outside has been out for a long time and it's kind of interesting to see that he's only just now looking at it like i know i'm gonna sound crazy when i say that but he's right like there is not nearly an infection rate as um when you're outside without a mask on as there is when you're inside. And I think a lot of teachers like Miss Scott, she has the windows open in her class all the, all day to to just to keep the air circulating so that um particles aren't continuing to stay in the air. And I don't know, I feel like I feel like it's kind of taken a while, but I get where he's coming from. And I also understand the other side that we'd be so much safer if we just kept them on outside. Um, but it's definitely, there's two sides to it. I, I think it's pretty interesting that it's only happening now though. I thought it would have happened sooner when things were starting to re relax. Now, Avery, the governor also said, 
that on August 1st, he's looking forward to that date to being the end of a mask requirement in public places, in, in buildings. So that is that going to mean you don't have to wear your mask when you go to school in the fall? Uh, what do you think about that, Avery? Do you th Looking ahead, August is still a real long way away. Do you feel comfortable with that? Does that excite you at all? Or are you nervous about that? What do you think? So I know that I'm going to Fordham in the fall and they recently made the vaccine mandatory. And in the email, it said that in hopes of having a mask-free fall semester. So I think that they're thinking that if everyone gets vaccinated, we'll be able to go to class without masks on. But I almost feel like there's definitely going to be people out there who aren't getting vaccinated. And I think by August, there is no way the vac um, the disease is just going to disappear and it's like no one's going to get it anymore. I feel like it's almost going to turn into like a flu type of thing where we're going to have to get the vaccine every year. People are going to keep getting it. It's just going to become less and less severe. But also at the same time, I feel like at some point, this all needs to come to an end. It's almost like if we wear masks for the rest of our lives, we're never going to defeat COVID. It's just going to keep coming back and keep coming back. So I, don't, I think I have mixed feelings on August 1st being the end of the masks. I think it honestly depends on how society deals with vaccines and remaining socially distant. Now, Lindsay, what about you? If August 1st is a reality and people aren't going to need to wear masks, what's your take? How do you feel about it? Um, makes me kind of nervous, to be honest. That's sounds really soon to me. And I know that like for so long, everything was on a two week basis. You couldn't, you couldn't plan out further than two weeks because everything could change. Um, I, I think that the, the date is a little premature for indoors anyways, for, especially for states like Massachusetts, California, Florida, Florida's already not wearing masks, but, um, I, Florida's I think it's its own special case. Yeah. She, She's her own thing, but mm -hmm. um, I I feel like it is. It, I totally agree with what Avery said. We can't just keep wearing them forever. That's not how life works. Um, but I feel like it's really going to depend on where we are. And I know I feel like it sounds soon, but everything could change because you know you can't plan out further than two weeks when it comes to COVID. So. Uh, everything could change by then and maybe everybody's going to be mostly vaccinated who knows so it's it's really a guessing game at this point and i i'm attending a college in the fall that has never had a mask mandate on campus and never shut down so do you know if they had any problems with outbreaks or did they manage it okay without regulations oh no they did um, I am only, I would like to s state publicly, I am going to the school because it is incredibly cheap and I'm paying for college on my own. 
and the program mm -hmm. is really good for a really cheap school. Hey, so no complaints there. No complaints. But reading, there. but reading the news on it made me nervous. I was like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go to this school if this is what it's going to be. And I, I've decided that if I go there, I'm probably going to buy or I, I'm going to buy an a, a camper to live in instead of <laughs> um like because it's cheaper and i don't want to be around those crazy people <laughs> will the campus allow you to park your trailer and uh, i'll, I'll find a, a van down by the river <laughs> i'll find a campground oh, 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 oh boy oh, i know boy. it sounds i just i i've been to the campus and the way it's set up it's it doesn't make sense to me that this is how they've been living. Like it, it makes no sense to me. Like I've seen every dorm that they have there and some of them are quads, which is like three people, three people, three people. And then you, you all share a living room in a kitchen. How do you social distance that? How do you how, like, how do you prevent spread? You can't leave your room and then you just have you in your bathroom, no food ever. Like you, it, it's, it doesn't make sense to me how how they plan on doing things. So I I think it's I think it's just a little soon for the mask thing. <laughs> well, I, in the fall, I will definitely be paying attention to the news and uh, seeing whether or not you get locked down um, <clears throat> yeah. in your in your camper. Uh, in my camper, yes. Camper. <laughs> All right, ladies, uh, thank you very much for sharing your insights. I appreciate it. Um, Lindsay, would you like to say goodbye to the audience at home? Bye, guys. And Avery. Bye, guys. All right. Thank you very much, ladies. I will see you later, and uh, we will sign off. I don't have anything fancy to say. I just At this point, the episode just kind of fades out. I don't think anybody even listens to it. Huzzah. Huzzah. I know Mr. DeSantis always listens to them. Oh. Wait, really? Yeah. No, I